What's up, all you crazy streamers? Yes, you streamer people. I know who you are. You don't have TV. You only stream what you actually watch. Well, I got something cool for you. It's called Paramount Plus. Yes, Paramount. The Paramount. The one that's, you know, CBS, the big people. (laughs) Well, they came up with a pretty cool thing that you can stream all of their original movies and all of their original TV episodes. It's over 30,000 episodes in movies and originals. You can even stream live sports and news with limited commercial interruptions. The cool part about Paramount Plus 2 is they offer, they offer a commercial-free plan. And I don't know about you, but to not have to watch commercials would be so epic, even though I'm pitching a commercial to you right now. (laughs) But that's okay because I'm a comedian and that's what I do. Anyways, check out the um, the notes for the show. The link is in our notes. It's the Paramount Plus link. Use it because it supports the show. If you could, please, if you're going to sign up or you can go to our website at um, highlyirritable.org. The website there uh, has the link connected to it as well. So check them out. It's Paramount Plus. They're very affordable. And like I said, you can watch 30,000 episodes in movies, original, live sports, and news with limited commercial interruptions. Or you can check out their commercial free plan that they have. So everybody check it out. It's in our show notes, Paramount Plus. Hey guys, this is Adam and Marissa here. Just coming to you to talk about a way you could probably help the show out with just seriously clicking a link. Right, How babe? easy is that? I know. It's called affiliates. And basically, we have a bunch of companies that are affiliates with the show. And all you got to do is click the link. And some of these affiliates are pretty cool. Like NERCS. NERCS is the leading online provider for personal health care needs. Get birth control, prescription acne treatment, at-home STI testing, and more delivered to your door. It's affordable with or without insurance, and meds ship with fast, free delivery. And the reason why Marissa likes NERCs and made me get with them is because they deal with migraine medication. Yeah, you already know that I suffer from migraines, and they're so helpful. Yeah, so check out NERCs. They're super rad. We also want to talk about Bill Shark. Bill Shark is a bill reduction platform. They're the negotiators. They're the lawyers. They're the tough people that go in and negotiate your bills for you. And they work on behalf of customers to save them time and money. And Bill Shark is so cool because they're backed by Mark Cuban. And Mark Cuban, well, we all know who he is, right? Of course we do. Who doesn't need a Bill Shark? Right? Get someone to Cut your bills with their shiny, sharp teeth. (laughs) (laughs) Let's also talk about Purple Garden. Ooh, Purple Garden. I know the name does not even do it justice, but Purple Garden is a new psychic reading app, and it's focused exclusively on live psychic readings. I mean, how cool is that? That sounds fun. Literally, all you got to do is click a link. Um, I also want to talk about Vivid Seats. Vivid Seats, everybody knows who this is. We use Vivid Seats. You can go check out any live event, sports, concerts, whatever, theater events. They have tickets, and the tickets are are at the best prices. Which makes it super easy and affordable. Absolutely. And because you guys are the greatest fans of all time, and Marissa and I absolutely love you guys, we know that you're going to support the show no matter what. So do us a favor. It's called Affiliate Marketing once again. And you can find all these wonderful companies 
and their links in the show notes. Or the easier way to do it is just go to highlyirritable.org because that also has some content on it. You can check that out. Yeah, we greatly appreciate you guys. And don't forget, click that link. Love y'all. Welcome to Highly Irritable. This is my daddy's show. Welcome to another episode of Highly Irritable. Today is a special day, right? It sure is. I am your host, Adam Lee, followed by one of the most beautiful, sexy, smart, innovative... What's your name again? Marissa Jane. (laughs) (laughs) Like I forgot. Right. You can't get rid of me that easy. No. Every morning I wake up next to this woman and I think to myself, what happened? What happened? Like, how how am I this lucky? Or, like, why does she look that way? Yeah. No, like, <laughs> is she drunk every day? Because I'm like the, the I'm like the number two that looks like a 10 when you're drunk. But then when you're not drunk, I look like a, a one. Oh, I, I see where you're going. So I'm starting that. to think you have an addiction problem. Oh. Yeah. I hide bottles in the bottom of my dresser. I wouldn't be surprised. And paddles and all that other stuff, too. Yeah. She's a freak. Don't think this little innocent Italian woman's got this pretty little thing going on. Trust me. I have demons, people. Trust me. (laughs) She will bury a body with me. There's a reason why she's with the recovering addict. You forgot the word again. (laughs) Kidding. Anyways, hey, guys, uh, we are doing something very special this show. We decided to do a collaboration show. I know I spoke to you guys a while ago about doing collaboration with another podcast. That fell through. But this guy reached out to me, and he is so interesting, and I can't wait to collab with this man. So I would like to do is welcome him to the stage. Why don't you say hi to all the highly irritable fans, Sean Connors? How you guys doing? I'm Sean Connors, host of 757 Renaissance Man and the Elvad Talks podcast. It's good to be here. Awesome. Yeah, we want to we give him a nice warm welcome and uh, welcome him to the Highly Irritable family. Um, when you get a chance, go take a listen to all of his stuff on all podcast forums. He's also on Anchor like I am. Or you can find him at Instagram at Sean Comers, Connors, sorry, at Sean Connors is his handle. Give him a follow and a like and watch all of his stuff because he's a very interesting person. Yeah, Thank we're you, super sir. excited about this. Right on. So let's move on. Let's get it. So I've been um, checking you out, especially ever since uh, we agreed to do the collaboration. And my first question for Adam is, what did you do on your day off? <laughs> <laughs> He's going right in to piss you off. Dude, let me tell you. I I got to, but, okay, so you obviously listen to Day Off, right? Yes. Okay, so do you relate to that question? Oh, yeah. So, Definitely. like, okay, so it, and trust me, I did it to myself even worse, and I never should have published that episode. And then, not only that, I went and published Part Do, which resurfaced all of it again. 
And now everybody's heard it because now the podcast is more established. So now I'm getting messages on Instagram, Twitter, Clubhouse, everywhere. It's it's <laughs> nonstop. Nonstop. But yeah, yeah it's one of careful. my biggest pet peeves. Be careful what you ask for. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> they all just want to know though. How is your day off? My day Good. off my day off is uh is wonderful. And the only part about my day off is that it ends and I have to go back right. to work. So, you know, but at some point when this goes, you know, the direction that we all want it to go in as every podcaster does, where we support our family with it and we get to do our own thing and be our own boss, then I'm going to do another podcast and I'm going to start, uh, I'm going to talk about how positive my day off just became. Right. So it'll be the retread. <laughs> so it reminds me of when you ask, and no offense to anybody older out there, but you ever ask an old person how how are they doing? Yeah. And they regretted it? Yes. Daily. Like, I just I just was speaking. I just wanted to say hi. I did not know, I want to know about the psoriasis. Your or, arthritis. Uh, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> what foods you can and cannot pass. <laughs> <laughs> What time your doctor's appointment is tomorrow? Where you lost your dentures? Yeah. Why? Why your kids don't talk to you anymore? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah, man. I, you know, you. We often do things and and set ourselves up for a lot of uh, things that we actually didn't even wish for, and it's like too often that that happens, and too often that it's really irritating that you do that to yourself and get stuck in situations you never really wanted to be in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I know that your podcast came as uh, a means of self therapy. Yeah, I, and I applaud you for that. I really applaud you for that. So, how has it affected you since you've been doing it? Well, for both of us, it's been tremendous. Um, you know, depression and anxiety is something that we talk about a lot more nowadays. But I don't think the people that are talking about it genuinely know what it feels like to go through a day of that. Mm -hmm. um, where, you know, you're texting your significant other saying, I can't do this anymore. And, you know, um, I think I'm going to check myself into a to an outpatient or inpatient therapy uh, center because, you know, I'm, I'm having thoughts that I don't want to have. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we went to we went to Disneyland um, probably three years ago or two years ago. Yeah. Um, I had the whole thing set up. We had three days set up to basically go there. We were staying in a hotel, got a badass hotel that was five feet away from Disneyland. We were connected to the world so you could drive, you know, go anywhere. Mm -hmm. Um, I got off work. I was having an anxiety attack. Um, didn't know it. Thought I was having a heart attack. Went to the hospital. They told me you're fine. Maybe you want to check yourself into therapy. And at first I was like, I don't need therapy. I'm a recovering addict. Like I've been through the worst. There's no way anything could really get me down. Like for real, you know, I've, I've got a higher power. I'm just going to pray. That's all I'm going to do. And so I went and got the kids, picked, my, picked Marissa up, and we went up to Disneyland. And that night I ate something, went to sleep, woke up, and had a, uh, a throat-closing um, – full-blown couldn't breathe couldn't see felt like i was gonna black out with seeing stars um panic attack 
and basically told my wife, I said, I can't do this. We need to leave. And I was crying. She had to drive us home, which she doesn't drive. Usually I drive because I'm a control freak and I need to drive. Mm -hmm. Um, And it started there. It was like, you know, when we got home, um, I looked her in the face and said, I never knew that this existed. And now I know what you're going through because she's been battling this her whole life. You know, we've both had a very rough rough childhood with memories that we both don't want um but they're there and you know this show has been a means of way to cope with that and get it out and kind of make fun of it but also address it for both of us because it's you know we're we're a very successful married couple um and when i say successful i don't need i don't mean money i mean we're successful in love and we're successful in our relationship because we we built it around trust and a spiritual guidance, and uh, we live by that creed every day. So, you know, I was brutally honest with her, and I told her this is what I'm going through. She cried. I cried. Booked a therapist the next, like, what was it, two days later? Yeah. Went and got a therapist. They obviously tried to put me on medication. I told them I'm a recovering addict. I am not going to take medication. I am not going to relapse. Yeah. Um, worked on my weight. I dropped down from 297 um, down to two. I'm down to 215 now, I think, or 220. I just weighed myself. I gained five pounds because I've been eating Kit Kat bars. Um, And then, you know, I started working on myself mentally and physically because I never have done that. I've I've always been a blue-collar work guy, um, and I always was raised that, you know, you got to go to work, you got to pay the bills, and you've got to protect your family and blah, 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 blah. But I never really took the time to take the – intercourse on myself and do the the mandatory work that it takes and this podcast you know highly irritable came from that it came from all the stuff that was bottled up inside of me and one day i looked at her and i said you know what um i'm gonna do a a podcast and she's like what like where did it come from and i was like you know what I, i i write comedy in my sleep which is really crazy because I have insomnia. So like in the middle of the night, I could literally write 70 pages of comedy. And I will like literally have a full-blown stand-up comedy set ready to go. So I figured why not do a podcast because I don't want to do stand-up anymore. I, I, I don't like it. I don't like the traveling and um, I don't like uh, – having to barrel down jokes all the time. I like this raw session, you know, like we're like you and I right now are spitting on a podcast. People are going to listen to it and they're either going to like it or they're not going to like it. Right. But you also have the means of talking to people that are in your niche. So therefore you can relate to a lot of things and you don't have to go through the negative banter. So we came up with highly irritable. It, It was a dream I had and it was like a bright neon light in the middle of the night. I was slept for 20 minutes and in that 20 minutes I had a dream and the name highly irritable popped up and that was it. I woke up and told her we're doing a show and we're going to talk about our therapy and we're going to put everything out on the line and you can either be with me or, or I'll do it by myself. I don't care. And she wanted to be with me because we both battled the same thing. We both, we both battle depression and anxiety on a high level. Um, and as a result of this podcast and a result of lots of work, we have come so far, man. Like, I haven't had an anxiety attack in a really long time. Um, and if it does happen, I know how to recognize it now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right, so a couple of things I want to unpack there. First, 
<coughs> the name is perfect. The moment you told me the name, I was like, I'm there for it. I'm with <laughs> it. Yes. <laughs> I need to know more. I need to know why is he highly irritable. So, yes, the name is perfect. But I also want to touch on what you were saying about having a successful marriage. And you're absolutely right. The things that make a successful marriage are priceless. It's not the stuff you can buy. It's not the gifts. It's the time and the effort and the memories and making kids. You know, that's the stuff that makes a successful marriage. And that's the stuff that's going to have you guys together 20, 30 years down the road. Yeah. You know, a car break down. You could lose a ring. But if you got that real connection, that's priceless. Yeah. And we do. I mean, I, you know, I, I got to tell you, we should have never met, but we did. Right. I'm 14 years older than her. Okay. My first conversation with, with, with her was, I'm a smoker. Um, I do what I want when I want. Uh, I'm a drug addict. And you can take me or leave me. It's up to you. It was something along those lines. It was like... I smoke, I gamble, and I'm an asshole. So take it or yeah. leave it. Yeah, that's when did the conversation about the cocaine and the stripper come? <laughs> oh my god! Like I the think, first night? No. <laughs> <laughs> I think we were already married. Like he had already tied me down, and then was like, "Oh, by the way." No, we weren't married. <laughs> no. So here's the crazy part: when we first met, you know, I was a bachelor. And I had finally fallen in love with myself to where I could live with myself. I didn't need anybody. Yeah. I was more, I was happier by myself in my house, by myself. And when she met me, I brought in two roommates and both of them were alcoholics. And yeah. uh, they were both, you know, they'd smoke weed every night. And I surrounded myself with that, even being a recovering addict. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't have a problem. Like, it wasn't like I needed what they had. So, like, I distanced myself from them quite a bit anyways, and I worked so much that it didn't really matter. But when she moved in, you know, it was like, how do you hide those stories from her if those two are around? Because they both knew me better than anybody. So it was like, you know, they'd start shooting the shit about, remember when Adam did this? Yeah. And the next thing you know, she's like, what the hell? Like, what, what did I get myself into? It was uh, very interesting, to say the least. (laughs) They had a lot of stories. Yeah. Like her, her past is uh, the darkness comes from stuff that she couldn't control. Yeah. And my past comes from stuff that I did because of things I couldn't control and made it worse. She kind of came out of her past like a phoenix. You know, she did her own thing. She bought her own car. She had her own money. She didn't let people help her. She hated that. And uh, when the two of us met... It was, you know, it was like we had this really weird connection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it works. So, Marissa, what was the most shocking thing you found out about him? Oh, gosh. Hmm. That's a good question. That is a great question. <laughs> um, the most shocking thing... I. I don't think anything really shocked me about him because he was very open and honest. Mm-hmm. He he does not hide things from people. So I would say nothing really shocked me about him. And I also, I don't really judge people whatsoever. So 
it might sound weird, but I'm actually very intrigued by all of his stories because I know that that's not the person that he is anymore. It's like a past self, so I separate the two. So he can tell me stories about his exes and doing blow off of a stripper's ass and you know drug deal runs and all these things. And to me, that's a different person. So it's like I'm hearing stories about somebody else and I love to hear it. Like, I'm here for it. I'm like, oh, and tell me about that one time that you broke down <laughs> with, like, 10 bags of Coke in your trunk. <laughs> you know, because that's not who he is. So, like, nothing surprises me anymore. Like, I, I love the stories. You know, I would never want to go back there. Like, I, you know, Bonnie and Clyde to the end, but I don't want to do that with him. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I wouldn't say anything surprises me. No, I, I love those stories, you know, that's. I find it also interesting because when we met, I was, I just turned 20. So I, I didn't get to experience those things. Like I didn't do my, my drug runs and my bar hops and my, my crazy nights and things like that. I mean, you know, like you have your wild high school nights and stuff, but like what he has experienced in life, I have not experienced. So I feel like I've always tell him he has experienced enough for the both of us. So yeah. his stories okay. are our stories. Well, and I don't think anybody – my stories sometimes are really movie – like you you can't believe them. But no. they, they happened. <laughs> Didn't want them to, but they did. Yeah. Hey. It's very interesting though. But you can't, you can't take it back because that's what made you the man you are today. Yes. And, uh, you know, there's two types of knowledge in this world. There's book smarts knowledge and there's street knowledge. And I think the street hustler and street knowledge person always makes it out on top 90% of the time because they have that out-of-the-box thinking that a bookworm doesn't. So I love it. I love my past. I've come to grips that I love my past, and I've forgiven myself and forgiven the people that, you know, have done me wrong. And hopefully one day, you know, I can truly make amends 100%, which is actually the end game, right? Everyone wants to make amends with anyone that they've had issues with. And I would say that's my one wish is that I could make amends with everybody that I wronged because I did a lot of damage, man, like a lot of damage, damage that's still not repaired to this day. Um, there's still hate and anger between certain people that, you know, I can't fix it. So it's up to them now. So Renaissance 757, right? That's the name of the show. 757. 757. Yeah. Which I love this name. And I love the fact that it's Renaissance Man. Uh, do you see yourself as a Renaissance Man? I do. So knowledgeable. You got that, you know, you sort of got the, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The swagger. You sort of got the okay. swagger of a Renaissance Man? Yeah, yeah. So it came about, um, I'm a real, I'm really into a history. Mm. And one of my favorite time periods is the Harlem Renaissance because there was so much music and art and poetry and, you know, and all these artists vibe together. And um, I live in the 757 Hampton Roads, Virginia area. Mm. And if you know anything about that area, we have something similar going on right now. Like, that's where Missy Elliott is from, Timberland. I went to high school with Magoo, um, Pharrell. Um, and there's a lot of artists here, and there's a lot of musicians here. And it's like a hub right now. So that's what reminded me, and that's what made me 
come with that name because my show is, is, is to recognize people from that area, but also to bring value of uh, like you guys, for example, I think your story brings value to people from this area too. Very much so. That's interesting. So you actually went to school with some of these people. Yes. Um, do they still come around? Yes. Yes. Pharrell, um, actually had our first real big, um, music festival called something in the water. um, Yeah. They had to cancel it last year because of COVID. But, uh, the year before it was Pharrell. It was all kind of, I can't even name all the artists that came. It was in Virginia beach on the beach. Um, Jay-Z, um, Wow, it was so many people that came. Like almost anybody Pharrell made a record with was there. Yeah, that's amazing. Not only hip hop, but rock bands and everything, R and B artists, and it was great. So yeah, they come around a lot, and um, they do. They still do things here in the community, and yeah, you'll see them from time to time. So, what inspired you? To decide one day I'm going to buy a microphone, a headset, and a mixer, and I'm going to put up a podcast, and I'm going to start talking about the things that I'm passionate about. COVID. <laughs> but For it everybody. Out, <laughs> right, right. It started out, I've always been into multimedia. I've had um, my corporate job was always doing something with multimedia. I used to work for a company that did corporate video conferencing. And I mean, like, I just look at a picture that came across our desk today. That was like 12 years ago. And they would do where these big corporations would have um, these big wall units, like 10 feet by six feet tall. So when you walk in a room, it's like you're looking into the room that you're teleconferencing into. And when you sit down, you're like one to one with the person in front of you, like they're sitting across the table with you. So I used to do that kind of stuff, and um, I've always had one foot in the entertainment industry, and then my son got an interest in YouTube, and I was like, well, it was an excuse for daddy to buy some equipment. Yeah. So, But then COVID hit, because I wanted to do like a vlog channel, and you know, going around and talking to people, interviewing people, and that kind of changed my focus. And yeah. I was like, since I got all this equipment here, let's make it work. I'm stuck in a house. I ain't got nothing else to do. Yeah. Let's have it. And in a, in a, in a, um, in a way, almost similar to your story where it's like therapy. Like, I have two podcasts. One is the 757 Renaissance Man. And the other one is called LVAD Talks. Well, uh, LVAD is, stands for Left Ventricle Assist Device. For hearts. Have, yes, for hearts. So half of my heart doesn't work, and I have a pump in it. Wow. Normally, I have this bag across me, and these are my batteries. And this cord, let's see if I get on camera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Under my shirt, into my chest, up to my heart. So, Sean. That's what powers it. Sean, check this out. So I support the uh, Red Heart Foundation, the American Red Heart Foundation. There's a person that I know personally, um, a family friend. I, I don't want to mention them on the podcast because I don't want them to get any unnecessary type of Attention. exposure. Right. But <clears throat> the so m- the person that I know and love has watched me grow up. He was my coach. He was my mentor. Um, super healthy dude. Married a woman. 
she has the same issue you have. Her heart doesn't work. So she's got a, a full-time pacemaker that, and a full-time, I think it's a, a it keeps the heart pumping. Mm-hmm. I have one too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they ended up having kids together and the doctor said that, no, it's not hereditary. Don't worry about it. Well, both the children got it. Mm. Crazy. So both the children are going through what you're going through. And then my coach, who has always, he was a collegiate athlete, like full-blown, like played USC. I, I can't remember if it was USC or not, but starting quarterback. So that just gives you what kind of an athlete he was. He's yeah. good at golf. He's good at basketball. He's good at everything. Was on a run one morning, blacked out, woke up in the hospital. He had a widow maker. Found out that his heart's not functioning. So four people in that family that have a bad heart. Um, so, man, I got – I mean, I'm sorry to interrupt you what you were telling me, but I got much love and respect for you on that front. Uh, I did not know that that's what you're doing. So that, what a blessing for you to get a podcast and be able to do these things and, and live your life, man. Yeah, and spread you. awareness to people right. who yeah. don't know about and it. It's, and it's for, like, you know, uh, all of those um, – it's an interview style podcast mm-hmm. and it's primarily because a lot of people don't know about it until it's too late and you have to have one. Can you say so, the name again to that, to that podcast? It's LVAD talks, L V A D talk. Left ventricle. Assist device. Wow. I'm going to definitely give you some props on that one. And it's stories of people who went through the surgery or have gone through it. So it's either two things. Either you get it in its destination or you get it as a road to transplant. Mm-hmm. And right now I'm trying to use it as a road to transplant. Um, the cool thing is, you know, we were talking earlier. I'm a nerd, so I'm a cyborg. It don't get the <laughs> yeah. that. I did read <laughs> that know? too. I saw that, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm real life Iron Man. Come on. Now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Well, and before we even started doing the podcast, you and I were hitting it off with my uh, – with my Lego with set. Yodas. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, yeah. And that's what it's for. And to tell people, you know, what it's like, what to expect, you know, to kind of give people hope because a lot of people think, you know, now I got this little bag and I can't do nothing. The only thing it stops me from doing is getting in water. Mm-hmm. You got to live your life and yeah, you can't be scared. If I didn't have it, I'd be dead now. Right. So, right. There's that. Well, yeah, and I know what you're going through because I, you know, obviously I see what the other family does too, you know, so. And with this COVID thing, man, it's really scary with, with, you know, people with pre-existing conditions. I mean, I know that my friends, they've had their daughter cooped up forever. And I mean, all she can do is cook and she couldn't see her. You know, they have special things for her like horses and stuff to keep her depression down so she doesn't, you know, get stressed out because stress creates problems with your heart. And they can't have that. So right. it's just it's it's just wild, man. A lot of respect for you. That that is unbelievable. Good for you. Thanks, man. Thanks. Yeah, man. Gotta do something. I figured God gave me this equipment. Let's use it. Right? <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, and I think that uh you know, Sean, you and I are on Clubhouse as well. That's where we met. Um and so is Marissa. But the funny thing is is if you think about all these people that you and I talk to or Marissa talks to or anybody in your life, mm-hmm. everybody has a story that is worthy of a film. Mm-hmm. It's just how you direct it. Yeah, It's that simple. So if you are terrible at telling stories, let someone else do it. 
<laughs> and I'm talking to the aspiring podcasters or the aspiring film writers or the people that are sitting there not chasing their dream. You know, Sean and I are chasing our dream. Sean, me, and Marissa, we're going after it. We're collabing to podcast. Um, for all my fans on Highly Irritable, Sean is uh, quite an amazing person. I know you guys heard just kind of a gist of it. And I've only asked him a few questions, but you guys got to check his podcast out and um, kind of dig into what he's all about because it's definitely interesting. Thank you, sir. Thank yeah. You. But I think we both have that experience. Like you were, you touched on how, um, you know, you had your experiences with drugs and things and coming back from it. When you have experiences like that, it makes you value your day-to-day life a mm. lot more. Yes, it's it's much more polarizing. Yeah, and you at know, one time my my heart was down at five percent. Wow, I was running around taking care of the kids, and at the same time, um, my wife had pancreatic cancer. Oh my god! So I was taking care of her, and I wasn't even thinking about me and my health. Right, and then yeah, what what just kind of came together? Did your wife make it through the pancreatic cancer? No, she passed six years ago. I'm Damn, so man. sorry to hear that. Yeah. I have, you know what I got to tell you, I haven't, uh, I just was listening to a show the other day and it was like, everybody was talking about how pancreatic cancer seems to be the worst one because I've is. never heard anyone get out of it. No, it is. It's, it's, um, that's what killed Alex Trebek. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's where I was listening to the show about because someone had said like, uh, another famous person had died from pancreatic cancer and they couldn't get through it. Mm-hmm. It's like, what do you, yeah. you need these organs in your body? If just one fails, just think, you know, that's how precious we are. And that's how precious time is. I mean, how long were you and your wife married before she passed? We were together for 15 years. But we were married for 10. Damn. I'm so sorry to hear that, brother. Yeah. That's crazy. But don't be because we don't regret anything. Yeah. You know, and we were able to. So she was kind of young when she was diagnosed. She was in her young, younger 30s. So they were able to be very aggressive. Mm. And most of the time when you're diagnosed with pancreatic cancer, you have weeks to months to live. Well, we were lucky. We were blessed. We got two years. Nice. So in that two years, you know, we were able to make a bucket list, you know, do most of the things that she wanted to do. She was able to give me instructions on how to carry on. So, you know, it's not, it's, I don't have any regrets. Yeah, and this is funny. This is funny how God times things. Yeah. Um, I found out about my whole heart condition. It was 2015 in February. I remember because I was in the hospital on my birthday, which is February the 24th. I had my surgery for my LVAD on March the 2nd, which is my daughter's birthday. I got out the hospital maybe in the middle of March. She was well enough that she nursed me back to health. She nursed me back to health. I got on my feet. We still had two or three months together, and that's when her health started declining. I was able to take care of her. So, you know, even though, yes, it's a rough time, I think the timing was perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and she still lives because you still have her in your mind. My kids look like her, so, you know. (laughs) Well, and and you're doing something that you can bring her presence around at any time, you know, and I'm sure that you, you would definitely take that. Um, take advantage of that type of situation. My question for you is, you're very California, mm. mm-hmm. but I can see some East Coast vibes. Ah. 
with the chain and the EKs, <laughs> the glasses. Yeah. Where does that come from? This this really comes from music, to be honest, because I'm such a big fan of music. Yeah. And, um, you know, I don't wear this around the house. I only wear it for the podcast, and it's only for Adam Lee, which is my alter ego. Okay. And it's like that's who I would want to be. I would want to be like – I would want to be like Grandmaster Flash or um, – or what's his name? What's what? Um, Rev Run. I'd want to be like okay. Rev. You know, like those are the people I I grew up on that I'm inspired by. You know what I mean? Snoop inspired me. Dre inspired me. I listen to that music, even though I love rock and roll and I love all aspects of music. I'm okay. into that culture. Like, like when you mentioned that you were into um, Harlem in the '60s and stuff. I swear to God, that's the show next. Like, if we do another collab, I want to do a collab on that because I'm into that type of music too. Like, oh my God, that movie, um, the movie they made, American Gangster with Denzel Washington. You remember that one? That is one of the best soundtracks I've ever heard in the history of movies. And it's all Harlem music. Yeah. From the 70s. And and it's, it's based on, you know, real life. It is yeah. Frank Lucas, and like uh-huh. um, the funny and thing Bobby is Johnson, and, yeah, and, yeah, and all of them used to hang out with like Ella Fitzgerald, and, yep, um, Louis Armstrong, and um, oh, what's my poet, uh, Langston Hughes, yep, yeah, and the Champ. They used to hang out with the box uh, with uh, what's his name, the um, Joe Frazier, Joe Frazier, all yeah. those guys. Like that, that um, I think that that like that type of place inspires me for some reason i don't know why like mm-hmm. i have family from chicago so i mean and uh you know but i didn't grow up with them i really do think that it was growing up with the mixture i had in the city that i was in and playing baseball with these guys and doing the stuff that i did with them that gave me the vibe that i had today and then i kind of took my own piece from it like when i watched american gangster Part of me wishes that I would have been Frank Lucas. Okay. I wanted to be him. No joke. Like, I would love, like, secretly inside, a piece of me wants to be a massive drug dealer and have that kind of power mm-hmm. and that kind of presence. And I know it sounds funny, but, like, there's not a person in this world that doesn't watch a gangster movie or something like that that doesn't want to be in that situation because if they didn't, they wouldn't watch it. Kind of like okay. idolize them, yeah. Yeah, and I do idolize them, unfortunately. And But those people gave me the vibe I have today. So yeah, I wear the gold chain. You know, I, list, I listen to that stuff and I vibe with it and I love people, you know what I mean? Like, um, like her and I had a podcast a while ago where we talked about like all kinds of stuff and it was just one of those things where I'm like, you know what? I just love people. I love vibes. I love cultures. I love the music. And I think that, you know, the music for me pulls it all together. But I think that's one of the coolest things about California that you mm-hmm. have so many cultures mixed in together. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and California itself is one state, but depending where you at, it's like, it could be four or five different states for real. Yes. Like, you know, from you got the mountains to the beach to it's everything. You got a little bit of everything in California. It's, you know what? We're so fortunate. We really are. Like you can go anywhere you want to and find whatever you want to find. So do you have a question for Sean? 
Well, I was going to ask you for like a little background, but you gave it to me already. <laughs> yeah. Like I wanted to know about your family and your kids and, you know, everything. Well, I got two kids. I have a son that's 10 and a daughter that's 14. That's what I'm, I'm struggling with most. A daughter the that's daughter. 14. Mm. Yeah, yeah. You're right there. Like those teenage years. So oh, my gosh. I'm a PK. I'm a preacher's kid. And, you know, the stereotype of um, preacher's kids is some kind of, is, is mildly true. So I was a little mischievous when I was a kid. Right. So I'm thinking about how I was when I was a kid. And, you know, climbing through bedroom windows and stuff like that. Yeah. So Did you uh, do blow off of a stripper's ass? <laughs> Not yet, but... <laughs> We don't have to tell It's okay. <laughs> I got a heart condition. I don't know about the blow. But. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what are you trying to do? Kidding, kidding. <laughs> but um, so I experienced some things, so I, I know what to look out for. And But it's real funny. It's like my kids are really naive, and, like, they don't realize who daddy used to be. Mm. Yeah. And, and it, But it, it's cool in, in one way. But I kind of wish they would have some of those experiences that I had. So I had a real interesting upbringing. My father was a minister. He also was a um, officer in the Navy. He was one of the few black officers in the Navy at that time. So when I was born, this is like middle 70s, early 80s. Mm. And um, my mom's a teacher who used to be a former Black Panther. <laughs> Nice. Right. So I had that whole little duality thing going on. Yeah, you had. And I, yeah, because he's, he's military strict officer. And then she's, you know. Freedom. Rebellious. Yeah. Black Panther. Right. right. Free spirit. Yeah. So I had that going to go. And because he was in the military, he was an officer. I got to travel the world. So mm. I got to meet all kinds of people. Yeah. But in the same time, I grew up in a middle class um, neighborhood, which was, it used to be an all white neighborhood, but turned into a black neighborhood. And it's really weird to kind of experience. Like I went to school with people who their parents were either uh, they were nurses, they worked for the shipyard, which is a big industry down here. They were in the military, but we had a certain section that everybody wanted to be boys in the hood, but we right. didn't have to be boys in the hood. Yep. So I grew up with, you know, hustlers and stuff like that too. But when you grow up that way and you the nerdy guy, you know, they'll do certain things around you, but after a while they'll send you home. Like, no, you yeah. can't be a part you, of this. Yeah. They protect you. you. Right. You too smart. You gotta go. Yeah. So, but I still have that vibe. So like I'm, I can go anywhere and chill out with anybody. I've been around presidents. I've been in the hood, you know. So I've been, I've been to the projects in Brooklyn, and walking out of it, you know. So I have that experience, mm. which and my kids don't get it. Like they just think daddy was always been daddy, and you know, I ain't never seen anything. And, <laughs> like yeah so <laughs> you gotta give them story times you gotta tell them all the crazy things and <laughs> but i don't want them to try some of it <laughs> right yeah i think like you wait till they're older try it. yeah my son definitely would try it. what daddy did i could do yeah. it so, and i'm like mm. <laughs> i think i'm gonna leave it up to them like if they ask yeah. me about it i'll be 100 percent transparent yeah 
Yeah. You know, like if someone tells them a story and they're like, Dad, I heard this about you. Or I listened to your podcast and you said this. Tell me about that. I, I, I'm going to be 100% transparent with them because they deserve that. Yeah. But I'll also explain to them the hard road that I took. <laughs> right. Well, we want them to lo- try to learn from. And that jail is not fun. Right. right. Our experiences. So my jail story is I've only been to jail once. Yeah. I've been, it was 45 minutes. And it was the longest 45 minutes of my life. And what'd you do to get there? Okay. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I told you my dad was an officer in the Navy, right? Yeah. So I grew up, I hung out with people older than me. And one of my friends was, he was a young officer in the Army. So I might have been, oh, I know how old, because that's one of the reasons I went to jail. I know how old I was. I was 20. Mm. And he was like 23, 24, and he had just got back from Germany, and he had a German BMW. And I'm I'm a car nut anyway. Yeah. And he had like the long European license plates on it, and it was like a 525 um, I or something that you couldn't get over here in America. And I wanted to drive his car, so we went fishing one day, and one of the best places to go, and this is before 9-11, so you can go... Uh, you had freedom to go on and off the base. So we one of the best places around here to fish is on NOB. NOB is Norfolk Naval Base, and it's the biggest naval base in the world. But it takes like, a, it's like a half of the city of Norfolk, and it runs up the coast. So one of the best places to go fishing is like a little spot on the base. What kind of so fish yeah, is there? Everything? All kinds of fish. Rockfish. Saltwater um, or fresh? Uh, salt. Because it's okay. right at the Atlantic Ocean. Okay. Yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. So you got some good mixture of fish it's in there. right there at the, at the bay that leads out to the ocean. Because that's how the, the aircraft carriers get to the ocean. Right. From that bay. So, um, of course, you're going fishing. You get your little cooler. And I was always the, I was always the youngest dude, right? So get your little cooler. You get your little beers. You do more drinking than you do fishing. But, you know, you're just kicking it outside. So, and at the time, I really didn't, I wasn't a drinker yet. I hadn't graduated to that acquired taste yet. I still thought beer was nasty. You're right. (laughs) So we're going, we're fishing, just to hang out with him. I crack a bowl of beer, and I sip about half of it. Really didn't like it. But in my mind, I was plotting on how can I drive this BMW? Got to drive the BMW. So I was like, hey, man, let me drive your BMW. I got to use the bathroom. Let me go to the McDonald's. <laughs> no, I'm a guy. I really could have went to the bushes and whipped it out. You know, <laughs> I gotta go but, up to the McDonald's. Right, I wanted to drive the BMW in McDonald's a different was state, right off of base. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so he's like, "All right, man," because he knew I wanted to drive the car. So he gave me the keys. I got in the car. I drive to the McDonald's. I use the bathroom. I was in a car club at that time, and on the way out of the McDonald's, I saw somebody in my car club. So, of course, I had to be seen in the BMW with the long yeah, yeah. plates, right? Yeah. So I pull up to him, me, me. He looks at me, I look at him, and we take off. Oh, and it's a major street, and then it's a curve that leads into the base. So we hit that curve, and I curve off to the base, and he keeps going. But at the same time, like, I'm still flying. So I didn't know that the chief of police of the base was sitting there with one of his deputies and they just happened to be testing out the new um, radar machine. Oh. 
Oh. They weren't even trying to catch anybody. He oh. was just testing it wrong out. Wrong place right? the wrong time. Yeah. So I fly through doing about 80 miles per hour in a 25. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> in a foreign BMW. Oh, my and I God. Pull out and I'm like, oh. What color okay. was the car? Do you remember? Black. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'm. I see him pull out, and I'm like, oh, maybe I could ditch this, hit this corner and jump out the car. And I almost, if I was just a little, maybe I was a couple pounds lighter, I might would have got away with it. Right. <laughs> but as I pulled around the corner to get ready to jump out, it's a new car. I don't know how to get out the car. Oh. The handles are, di- it's a, a beamed up. Yeah. At the time, I was driving a Pontiac, so it was real different. <laughs> yeah, yeah, way different. <laughs> So I'm stuck in the car and they, they pull up behind me, but I'm close enough to my friends where they can see me. So they start walking down towards me. So I learned a valuable lesson that day. So the cop pulls up to me and I learned the power that your mouth has. <laughs> and he walked up to me, I rolled down the window and he said, son, I was a cop for 20 years. And I can't afford a car like this. What are you doing? <laughs> and without a beat, I should have shut up. But without a beat, I said, well, I guess you made the wrong career choice. Huh? Oh, no. Oh, my yeah, God. So pulled out through the window. <laughs> oh, you totally you totally jabbed him. <sighs> oh, wanted to cry. Oh, you just went me. after his manhood. Extra tight. Extra the tightest they could put the handcuffs on me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He goes into my face like... <laughs> Ooh, I smell alcohol. Oh, no. So then he gives me the little um, breathalyzer. Yeah. But I only had a couple sips. Right. So the little portable breathalyzer wasn't picking up. And at this time, my buddies had got here, and he was like, look, I'm lieutenant such and such. This is my car. I let him drive it. He was like, you're going to have a car. But this little dude is coming down with me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> so I'm going to have some fun with this guy. Did you right, have to go to the, the brig? Threw me in the back of the car. <laughs> took me to the police station. And made me sit in a little room where the real breathalyzer was. Yeah. So I had read something somewhere that if you put a penny in your mouth. So I was looking for pennies and trying to. But I got handcuffs on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I put, I found it. I got one in there. Some kind of way I do was like spit it out. Uh, so they made me... Um, I can say this now because statute of limitations is over and I told my mom, so we're good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. Uh, so they put me on the real breathalyzer, right? And I blew on a real breathalyzer and it was just enough to say, to register that I had alcohol. Oh. Now, this was maybe two weeks before my 21st birthday. And if I was 21, I would have walked. There wasn't nothing they could do. Yep. But I was underage. Oh. So you got minor and all that stuff. Yeah, I took my license and I hid it from my parents and Yeah. Dang. So with that said, it was about fifteen, twenty years before I came out and told my mom that story. That's crazy. It's so funny because to this day, he tries to tell his mom about things that he's done in the past, and she still doesn't believe him. Oh, she Adam, doesn't. stop. You never did yeah. that. But yeah. then I told her, and she was like, I knew. I knew. Oh. Oh. See, mine didn't. She was that naive. <laughs> 
but it came out because like we were saying it was i was telling the kids the story and she was there you know because yeah. they asked me daddy have you ever been to jail and that's how it came out <laughs> i'm like uh yeah <laughs> i don't want to tell you how many times <laughs> <laughs> the the worst part about me going to jail is that my dad was a law enforcement was in law enforcement. Oh, uh, okay. And the yeah. multiple times I went to the jail that he worked at. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think he just wanted to go see his dad. He was just wanting to go uh, visit. I gotta say, like, thank you for doing this because I didn't know what to what I was gonna get from this. You know what I mean? Hey. Like when I when you when you hit me up and said, "Hey, let's mash it up," you know, I listen to your podcast. I'm like, "Wow, we are so different." Like our our uh, our two angles in our podcast are so different. Like, you know, you interviewed um, a gospel guy. Um, mm-hmm. He's got a good gospel career with music for the Urbano church. Private, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, he won the Stella Award. Yeah. yeah, and I thought, what a great interview, you know. But those are so. I mean. But now that I'm sitting here, but see, I got to re- it's my duality though. Yeah. So I grew up with that side, but I grew up with the hip hop side too. Mm-hmm. Correct. So well, which I, is, I gotta, that's, you know, that's the people I know. So that's who I got to interview. Yeah. You, know? you have to be like very well-rounded and I feel like you are like, you no, well, but I knew that I knew that we were, I knew that we had enough similarities, but enough differences that this was going to be cool. See, like when we first, I was like, no, when you said it, I listened to your show and stuff and I'm like, you know, I see where he's coming from because we do have very different podcasts, but almost the same. But I was also like during this whole entire interview, I'm sitting here going, dude, like there's so many similarities between us as people, maybe not our podcast, but as people, we are we have a lot in common. So I'm super stoked that I did this because I didn't know what to take out of this. And it was like, you know, what am I, what are we going to get out of this? Who knows, you know, but. Or like what to expect. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Like, I don't know, you know, you never know. I mean, you got to take the chance though, but I'm glad I did dude for real. Like this has been fun. And I, yeah, I you know, um, it's all about making connections. Yeah. So now, yeah. When I come to California, I got somebody to crash with. You come stay at my house for <laughs> sure. You bring your whole family, dude. You're welcome. And I'll take and you all, all over Cali. To the East Coast, the same here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's we, take you to the we'll bring out, Yeah, yeah, we'll yeah. We'll break out that grill for you. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. But no, I think, um, you know what? We, I was going to do the game show with you, but I, I there's no need for it. I think that. Uh, I think that just being able to sit here and mash it up with you and kind of like interview was just perfect. Yeah, man. Don't yeah. you think? And I think we made, you know, like I said, lifelong connections. So anytime you have any questions, hit me up. I'm definitely going to hit you guys up. Let's do this and again, though. Let's run it back yeah, again. This is definitely not going to be the last one. No. <laughs> yeah. I, I want another crack at this. Like, I want one more crack because there's there's so many different avenues we could go down um, that I enjoyed. I enjoyed it like a lot. Didn't yeah. you? Yeah. Like I want to do this again where we mix it up. And plus I want my listeners to get a piece of, of what uh, what you have to offer too because it's so interesting. Like, you know, the, the two worlds, the two worlds where gospel meets um, the hood, mm-hmm. That that's like, that was my whole childhood. Yeah. So that's why I'm so interested in what you have to say because that's so mm-hmm. true. Like we, we, I think all of us have those the 
the dualities, you know, like everybody has the two sides that just like there's two sides to a story, there's two sides to a human. You can't really right. base it off of what you're looking at, your front end, because I'm the worst host in the world. And the reason why is because I'm the guy that reads the back of the book and says, screw the plot. I don't want to read it. I'd rather read the back of the book and make my own assumption. So that's why I love podcasting, because it always does this to me, where we get into the middle of a podcast and I'm like, oh, this is great. (laughs) (laughs) This turned out way better than I thought, you know, so funny. But this, you know, for my listeners and for your listeners, all I can say to everybody is never judge a book by its cover. And if you think someone's not interesting, they are. Trust me. Everybody has a story. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe you and I could do um, the next time. What we'll do is we'll we'll both go for the live aspect of it because I know you and I were talking about doing a live show. Okay, we could do our first live broadcast together to where we merge both our audiences. That way, it's way bigger than it would have been just doing it on your own. Okay, because you know yeah. I'll drag all my people from Facebook and from TikTok and from stupid Instagram and all that stuff, and you know we can hit it, do a live. We could do a club room in Clubhouse at the same time, do one big live event with okay. a podcast and just have a fun time with it. it. Sky's the limit, man. You know what I'm saying? We got to mod a couple of rooms, the three of us together, and try to drag some people in so they can get to know us, you know? Yeah, I haven't seen you on Clubhouse. I'm, it's hard because, you know, I do everything. So I'm doing the booking and the interviewing and the editing and... That's what he was just talking about. One of the things I'm going to pick your brain about is the marketing, because I like the way you're doing your marketing. And it's just so hard. So when I'm on clubhouses, it's whenever I can grab a chance. And yeah. Usually in the evening while I'm, I'm editing, too. So I got one ear in clubhouse and one ear in my, my computer. So, That's, so like today I wrapped up, um, I wrapped up like everything from the, from the last interview we did with Devin Attard. So I find it took me six days or no, what was it? Three days. Yeah, I think it was like three days. Three days to edit YouTube, mm-hmm. and then it took me a day and a half just to get the two videos that I'm going to post on Instagram. Yeah, it's yeah. gnarly, and the and the editing yeah. software you got to understand everything that's in there. These, you know what I mean, and I but don't. The good thing is, the more you use it, the faster you're gonna get. Yes, but I also realized too, like how like it's just so much easier to keep it simple instead of adding all these spaces into it and all these stupid you know emojis bubbles and all this editing and wave house and all that stuff i just said forget it i'm just gonna keep it simple and and grainy you know the way it is yeah we're gonna we're gonna talk we're gonna um trade notes yeah yeah yeah. no i you know what if you need any anything I'll, i'll give you all my strategies on marketing it's uh it's pretty simple but i've been in in a business where i was like one of my number one assets is the fact that I'm really good at marketing, but I never went to school for it, so I don't have a degree. I just know what people want. You know what I mean? Yeah, de- degrees are overrated. They yeah, are they very are. overrated and that's stupid. A, that's a whole other story we can talk yeah, about. Yeah, that's, that's right. on the next show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, I, I, this was just great, Just to give you a little teaser, I was going to college to be a teacher, and that didn't happen. Yeah, yeah. Oh. That's Well, I don't see you as being a teacher, man. I see you as being an out there, bright light you know, you need your own stage, dude, because uh, you got a lot to, to talk about, you know, a lot of interesting things. You know, like I said, the the fact that you're into the history of Harlem, like, 
dude, I want to match it up with you on that because there's probably some stuff you know that I don't know because I haven't done enough history search on it, just watching movies and knowing that that's the type of vibe I've always wanted, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think both of us would have would have made it in Harlem back then. I do too because I feel like I would have been friends with the people and I never would have wronged them. I mean, I made it out of the drug game alive here in this day and age, which they can find you a lot easier. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, you got to think about it. Like Malcolm X was yeah. part of the Harlem Renaissance. Yes, he was. And that's when he made his conversion from, you know, gangster and pimp into, you know, leader. Politician yeah. and, and uh, Muslim. He was in Muslimic stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I love that kind of stuff, dude. I could literally sit here for days with you talking about that. Oh, good. We, we got to do series. that again. Yeah, right, for sure. Yeah. Maybe you'll have to go on to his podcast yeah i do like like a history buff yeah you could just we could do like a a special guest type stuff you know we do that with we do that with highly irritable too we've got a couple people we're going to bring in for special guests on you know a couple like um during fight week on a major fight i have a friend of mine that's a boxer he's a professional boxer he's the heavyweight champ down in mexico right now so bring him on as the you know the the specialist But I, well, I think I think we need to wrap it up now for sure. I'm gonna have some editing to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and 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 again, Sean, thank you so much for reaching out because um, I wouldn't have reached out to you if you didn't reach out to me. But you know, uh, I'm so glad that the cosmic forces and and God and all that good stuff brought us together because we deserve to meet each other. And I'm I appreciate you. you're a good man, good human being, and and uh, I like you a lot. And I'm glad that we connected like this. Thank you, sir. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, in that way, I'm going to end it like I normally end most of my episodes um, with two questions. The first question is, if somebody came up to you and wanted to say, you know, Adam, Marissa, I'm thinking about doing this podcasting thing, what advice would you give them? You want me to go or are you going to go? I'll go. Uh, just do it. Like, just start you need to figure out what you want it to be about, you know, the, the base of it, and then just just start. Like, don't be afraid. Like, yeah. if you spend too much time thinking about it and everything that could go wrong or it's just not perfect yet, you're never going to start. So mm-hmm. you just have to start. See, I think get the mic, get get the mic, get your mouth, and start talking. And don't care about what it is, what you want it to be, it's not going to be pretty. It ain't going to be nothing that you're proud of right off the bat. You're going to feel like a failure and enjoy every single second of it because it will come to you. And there, you know, if you're going to start something, anything that you're chasing your dream on, number one, you can't have fear. And number two, you have to just love every minute of the fact that you are doing that. Because most people don't and they have that regret. I wish I would have done this. You didn't. You went and started a podcast. Just don't have the fear. Get the mic and start running your mouth and record everything. <laughs> nice, nice. All right, and the second thing is, how can all the listeners and the viewers get in touch with you, your websites, your social medias, all of the above? So we are on, um, our website is super easy. It's highlyirritable.org is exactly how it's spelled. On Instagram, you can find us at highly ir- at highlyirritable one. And um, on our podcast, you can find us anywhere. Just Google it. 
You can Google highly irritable. We're everywhere now. We're on Pandora, the whole nine yards. Um, and then you need to answer that question for my listeners so they can listen to your show too as well. Well, you can catch me on everything at Sean Connors for right now because I haven't um, separated it. We're working on that now. Website is under development. But uh, Instagram is at Sean Connors, all one word. Facebook is Sean Connors. Um, and you can search for the 757 Renaissance Man podcast or the Elvad Talk podcast on YouTube or wherever you get your favorite podcast because we both get down with Anchor. So we're everywhere. Yes, sir. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to another episode of the 757 Renaissance Man Podcast. This is Adam Lee, Marissa Jane, I am Sean, and we are out. And we are happy. (laughs) (laughs) What if it was possible to get local, fresh groceries delivered right to your front door? You could take up underwater basket weaving with all of that free time. Well, Instacart gives you unlimited grocery delivery for one low monthly fee. Way better than the other guys that nickel and dime you every time you use their app. Forget that one ingredient you needed to make your grandma's famous casserole? Instacart can deliver it to your front door in as little as one hour. You can shop multiple stores, see deals in your area to help you save money, and every item is hand-selected by shoppers based on your preferences. No more rock-hard avocados. And they'll keep your eggs safe, too. To start your 14-day free trial, follow the link in the show notes to let Instacart know that we sent you and to help support the show. Instacart, never step foot in a grocery store again. So the other day I was sitting on the couch and I got kind of bored. So I went upstairs, looked on the laptop, and I Googled electric bikes because I wanted to ride my bike. But I couldn't ride the beach cruiser because I kind of hurt my knees. So I Googled electric bikes and this cool company popped up called Borrow Our Bikes. I couldn't have been luckier to find this company. It was so easy and so seamless. I got on the phone, called the guy. He recommended renting the Hemiway Escape. Um, It ended up being the best bike ever. I definitely want to buy one now. But they are on Instagram. Their handle is at borrow our bikes and i seriously like i said had the easiest experience i've ever had the guy showed up dropped the bike off gave me a few simple instructions when i was done with the bike and done renting it he showed up when he said he was going to show up and picked the bike up for me didn't have to move the bike or do anything all i had to do was hop on it ride it and have fun and that's the kind of experience i expected And they came through in the biggest way. And that's why I'm talking about them right now. If you want to check them out, go ahead. You can find them at borrowourbikes.com. I just want to take some time to thank my sponsor, Anchor. Um, If you haven't heard of them, um, they are the easiest way to make a podcast. And let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer, and Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and basically any other platform. Um, You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Um, It's what I use. So if you haven't yet... 
Go and download the Anchor app on your phone or just go to anchor.fm. Wow, sometimes, you know, people shock you, don't they? Yeah, I find people very interesting. Um, I really didn't think that it was going to be like that with him. He kind of surprised me with the LVAD, with the uh, heart stuff. Yeah, I didn't know that. No, I, I think, you know what, I think I'm going to go into my finishing thoughts. Okay. Okay. So, first of all, I want to dedicate this show, and I want to dedicate, uh, well, yeah, I guess the show and this episode to some very dear friends of mine that deal with heart conditions on a daily basis, and, you know, as my final thoughts, I'm going to ask the listeners, when you get a chance, I know all of us don't make a ton of money, but, you know, when you get a chance... For people like Sean Connors and for people dealing with these types of heart issues, the financial struggle and the medical financial struggle is real. And we see it every day. Um, These people have GoFundMe accounts um, to help support them. These people have organizations they use to help support them. One of the big ones that I love supporting because of this family that I'm so close to is called the American Heart Association. If you get a chance, they are a nonprofit organization. Um, Please donate to them. You can write it off on your taxes if that means anything to you, even though that's not what this is about. But we all have big hearts, and without our heart, we don't get to experience Things in our life that are so incredibly beautiful. And I know a lot of my friends have been saying like, dude, your final thoughts are kind of cheesy lately, but I've been going through a lot of shit. So I don't know what else to tell you, man. I've always been real with you guys from the very beginning and I'm going to stay being real till the very end. And this is as real as it gets. This man that we just interviewed is on a machine until he actually gets a donor. And even after he gets a donor, it's huge, huge risk. They are literally going to take his heart out and put a new one in. Think about that. Think about that next time you're having a rough day. That is my final thoughts. I'm going to leave it at that. Please If you see someone that has a GoFundMe account, even 50 cents to a dollar can make a difference in those people's lives. And I know there's shitty people that sometimes use it to, you know, manipulate people. And it sucks because they ruined it for the people that are really sick. But I suggest do your research, then donate your 50 cents to a dollar. And if you have more, please donate. Help out. The American Heart Association is the name of it. I will not disclose the name of the family that I love with all my heart. Um, Just 
know that if you guys listen to this, I love you guys with all my heart. And uh, I'm really glad that you're still with us because I watch you every day. And um, and I think to myself, like, fuck, I'm the luckiest guy on planet Earth. And uh, you guys act the same way. And I hope that I can act like you on a daily basis because you guys put it all away just so you live a life that's normal. And um, if you listen to this episode, I love you. And uh, this is all dedicated to you. And um, thank you for being an inspiration, Coach. I love you with all my heart. And uh, I will see you soon. And um, just remember that if you see me and I'm like tearing up and being emotional, maybe you can just like turn around and give me a hug and tell me that um, it's going to be okay. And... uh, Make sure that you look me deep in the eye and tell me it's going to be okay. And then I want you to look at me one more time and just say, go fuck yourself.